0: What's up guys? Ryan G here with Warrior Cloud IO. So for the last uh, week or so, uh, I've been meeting with my attorneys and just going through some of our legal documents uh, and making sure everything is up to date and we're like doing what we're supposed to do and we're legally protected. And as I've been going through this process, it just kind of dawned on me late last night how many firearms instructors have never done this. And what it's doing is it's it's creating a massive uh, opportunity or hole where, uh, where you could get in a tremendous amount of trouble, get sued, lose everything that you've been trying to build uh, in your firearms training business because you simply did not put the proper steps, procedures in place. Um, so one of the big things that I see with firearms instructors is, uh, is again, not having the proper legal protection set up. So what does that actually mean? Uh, That could mean not being incorporated or not being organized, which is a limited liability company. So these are firearms instructors that are operating as a sole proprietor. Now, this is not legal advice. So please, you know, always consult with an attorney because there's a reason they get paid the big bucks. But for me, operating as a sole proprietor that means if something happens, a student gets hurt, that student can actually sue me directly instead of suing the company and the, the liability ending at the company. They can actually sue me as an individual. Um, that could also mean not being, not having the proper insurance in place. Uh, I've met several firearms instructors who were like, I don't need insurance, I've you know, been a firearms instructor for a decade, nothing has ever happened. Like I don't really wanna spend the hundreds of dollars every year to pay for something that I'm really not gonna use. And listen, I get it. I don't enjoy paying for homeowner's insurance. It's not fun to see that money come out of my account. But one day, it was Easter Sunday and it was probably six, seven years ago. We went to church, we were at church for four or five hours and lunch and all that stuff, hanging out with friends. And then we come home, I open up the front door and I step into my house. But instead of stepping onto my nice ceramic floor, there was about six inches of water inside of my hallway. So I walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, man, there was water six inches, flooded my entire kitchen, my uh, spare bathroom my son's bedroom, my, old, my daughter's bedroom. I mean, there was water everywhere. Turns out, before we went to church, one of my children went to the bathroom, they flushed the toilet, and normally the toilet would stop once it's full, but the toilet just kept running. So for the five, six hours we were gone, the toilet just kept flooding and flooding hundreds, probably thousands of gallons of water into my house. So we brought in the insurance company and they had to, uh, there was mold growing now, right? Because it only takes a little bit of moisture for the mold. So they had to rip out like drywall, remodel the bathroom, rip out all the cabinets in my kitchen uh, because everything was just soaked. There was water everywhere. Wouldn't it have sucked if I wouldn't have had homeowners insurance and I would have had to pay that $100,000 bill just out of my pocket to have, I think it it ended up being $60,000. So $60,000 bill to remodel the entire, you know, most of my house because of water damage out of my own pocket because I was not legally protected. So we don't really feel like we need general liability insurance for our business until we actually need it. And when you need it, it is too late to go get it. It's kind of like carrying your firearm concealed. You know, I'm a big proponent. You gotta have your firearm 100% of the time, you're legally allowed to carry it because the moment you're gonna need the gun, it's too late for you to go find it, get it out of your car, get out of your safe. You have to have it. Okay, so some of the mistakes gun instructors make is they don't have their business organized properly. So that's a limited liability company, uh, an S corp, C corp, whatever your attorney recommends. Number two, is having proper, is having insurance in place. And number three, I'm gonna say is not having enough general liability protection. You know, we can always go cheap on this stuff. You can get general liability insurance for, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars of protection, which only costs a hundred bucks a year or something like that, it's very cheap. But why not, if somebody gets shot, you know, my dad was shot when when I was 15 years old, And those medical bills were astronomical. So if somebody accidentally gets hurt inside of one of your training classes, it might not even be your fault. Maybe another student shoots another student accidentally. I wanna make sure that I have so much insurance protection that the insurance doesn't run out and now they start attacking me or coming after my own personal assets. So make sure you have enough. And this is why it's important to talk to your insurance agent and make sure that you're really protected. Um, Number four, I'm gonna say is is a umbrella policy. You know, as your firearms training business grows and as you gain more popularity, more wealth, more assets, your normal general liability insurance policy might not be enough anymore. You might wanna ask your insurance provider about a umbrella policy. So what that means is, It's a big insurance policy that encompasses your business but it's like, and your house, automobile, all that stuff but it just protects everything. So just imagine your business is here but then you've got this big umbrella that's just on top of it providing that extra layer of protection. But here's the biggest mistake that I see with a lot of firearms instructors and that's that they are not requiring their students to sign a liability waiver before touching or shooting a gun. Would you agree that firearms can be extremely dangerous in the hands of somebody who lacks the proper training? Uh, We had a student recently that, you know, I had to, this person was just not ready for our beginners class. Like they were not listening, overreacting, and frankly, just being very dangerous. So we had to time out the class Uh, and I had to spend a lot of extra time with them and then during the class I had to stand, I basically had everybody else shoot and I had this one person shoot by themselves, so that I could stand right next to them so that if they did start to do something a little squirrely, I could very quickly grab the firearm and make sure that everybody was safe. If somebody loses control like that and they do something silly and one of your students gets hurt, we wanna make sure that you have the policies and the protections in place to protect you from losing everything. Wouldn't it suck to spend all this time and energy building your firearms training empire, building this successful, you know, money generating machine, giving you and your family the lifestyle you guys truly deserve, just to lose everything because you had a student do something dumb and hurt another student? Wouldn't that be terrible? Like that would be the worst thing. Now, let me share uh, a story. When we owned our gun store in Tampa, we had a shooting that happened at my gun store. And it was like, one of the worst things that happened ever. It was so incredibly stressful. So here's the story of exactly what happened. uh, at this time, Tiffany was at the front of the gun store and I was in the back, I was serocoding some guns and the firearm I had just Cerakoted was a Tech 9 a semi-automatic Tech 9 I had serocoded it, I put the gun all together and I was like getting ready to test fire at. Now, one of our customers, his name was Robert, uh, came into the store and he used to come in every day. I think he had kind of a crush on my wife. He would come in every single day and he would like uh, just kind of talk, hang out, and, but on this day, he decided he was gonna help like stock some of the shelves and do stuff like that. And it was common. We had a lot of our customers that became our friends and, uh, and liked to come in and kind of help us whenever we, we were busy and, and they wanted to pick up the slack. So Robert was like doing this while I was assembling this gun. Now the firearm, I went to test fire it and something wouldn't work. The gun wouldn't work. And I was like, oh man. So I think Some of the Cerakote like built up a little bit too much and the action just, it just wasn't working properly. So I took the gun apart and then I started cleaning some stuff and then I reassembled it and I was getting ready to test fire it again. So the firearm is unloaded sitting on the workbench in the back of my gunsmithing area. And my friend uh, came, I'm not gonna tell you his name. My friend came And he used to help me with gunsmithing and do stuff like this all the time to just kind of help us, uh, which is great. So he came, I was kind of talking to him a little bit and then all of a sudden Tiff said, hey Ryan, come up to the front, I need your help. So we had a bunch of customers come up front, she needed my help. So I went up there and as I was checking out this couple who was buying a gun, I was taking their money, all of a sudden I hear bang and then F. And I was like that, is the worst thing you could ever hear at a gun store is a gunshot and then somebody scream like that, right? So I dropped what I was doing, I ran to the back and that guy, Robert, he was holding his chest like this and he was sitting down on a chair. And I was like, oh my God, dude. I said, you gotta show me the, show me the wound, right? Cause I gotta see like, is there a lot of blood coming out? Is there no blood? And he's like, I, I can't take my, the pressure off. So I'm not taking the pressure off. And I was like, I don't see any blood, man. Like we need to look at this because there's no blood. And if the bullet hit you, we would see a lot of blood, right? So he's like, I can't do it. No matter what I said, he would not take the pressure off. So we dialed 911, we got EMS there very quickly. The fire department arrived. And here's what happened. Robert was standing next to some shelving. His body was turned just like this. So my buddy who I'm not gonna tell you his name, He went back to the gunsmithing area and he was trying to figure out how to get this tech nine to work. So he loaded it and as he went to test fire it in our big shooting trap, uh, the action would not go forward. It was just totally stuck. So he went and put the gun on the workbench and he decided to hit the charging handle with a mallet to try to get the charging handle to move. Now what happened is when the charging handle finally moved, The firing pin, which was also stuck, hit the primer, bullet went off, went through a bunch of shelving, and the bullet went like this. So it went by and it just barely grazed, barely touched the tip of Robert's nipple. Just like it was so crazy how it happened. Barely hit it, doctors put like three or four stitches in or two stitches, it was not a lot, Uh, but he went to the hospital. Uh, So not life-threatening, scary. It was definitely very scary, but not life-threatening. And obviously I'm pissed at my buddy for doing something so stupid with that gun that could have easily killed somebody. So anyway, a month or so later, we get a lawsuit for $1 million from this guy robber. Now, listen, I get it. Uh, Somebody did something very dumb with a gun at my gun store, but we got sued for a million bucks. Now that was extremely stressful and ultimately our insurance company just paid him a couple thousand dollars because it was a very minor injury. His medical bills were zero, were very small. So it was just an irrelevant number. But even with insurance, it was an extremely stressful uh, occasion for our lives, for our business, our family, like it was very overwhelming. And we had the legal protection of uh, the insurance company. They brought in tur- attorneys to represent us, to look at the case and do all that stuff. But it was scary. So now imagine that situation, somebody does something silly and somebody gets hurt and you don't have insurance or you never took the time to had your students sign a liability waiver before they attended your shooting course. Or maybe here's what's even worse. Maybe you just downloaded like a template Firearms, you know, limited liability waiver on the internet and maybe you're just using it But maybe but you've never had an attorney actually go review it and make sure it's applicable to the laws in your state or your locale That liability waiver might not even be enforceable in your area Um, And it might not provide you with the legal protection that you actually need and want so my challenge to you through this video as we're going through this process with our attorneys making sure we're doing everything properly we have all of our legal stuff lined up make sure you guys do that make sure you review your insurance policy and and ask your your insurance agent like is this the right policy for me is this providing me with protection what protection is this not providing me and ask those same questions of your attorneys like hey on my website i have a you know uh terms of service i have a privacy policy i have a cookie policy which 99% of firearms instructors do not have any of that because they don't understand you're required by law to do it. But you got to ask, is my stuff set up properly? Do I, is my limited liability waiver for my students? Is it actually protecting me in case something bad happens during a training class? These are questions you want to ask yourself today before something really terrible happens. Because once something bad happens, it is way too late. So thanks for watching guys, I really appreciate you. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you like and review it on Apple, iTunes, Google, whatever. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the YouTube video, make sure you like, share and subscribe and we'll see you tomorrow.